Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. It has been a doozy of a day and we'll just uh, title today technical difficulties from not being able to connect to my camera to online malfunctions and customer service calls. It has been quite a day. Additionally, um, tis the end of the year, tis the time when we start crunching numbers, doing math, making spreadsheets, even more spreadsheets than usual. And for an interior designer, that is totally no fun. So I am really excited to be able to talk to you guys today because I get to stop thinking about year-end totals and I get to start thinking about your design questions. You guys have sent me some amazing questions this week and I cannot wait to dive in and let the, uh, the madness go. So let me pop right in without further ado and kick it off with Maria's question that she wrote in to Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com this week. Maria wrote me, Betsy, I know my space looks pretty good and I have covered all the bases, but I really want to make it look magazine worthy. What are some next level touches that I can do? Well, Maria, have I got some next level touches for you. So if you feel like your space is almost complete, you feel like it's got everything but the wow factor, then I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. The first question is, do you have at least one element of black? Every room needs one element of black, whether it's a tray on a coffee table, whether it's a frame around a piece of art, whether it is um, dark black stained wood on an accent chair. The reason is because black is all the colors of the rainbow mixed together. It is the most inclusive color, the deepest color of all the other options. And so it puts everything into context. Basically, I like to think about it in terms of this analogy. If you think about a Charles Schultz cartoon, you know, before he put the outline around those colorful blobs, well, you couldn't really tell what it was. And then he takes that black pen and he outlines Charlie Brown and all of a sudden everything comes into focus. So no matter how muted your palette, no matter how soft the room that you're going for, if it's romantic or bohemian, still think about that one touch of black. 
Another thing that will take your room to the next level is something shiny. So it doesn't have to mean glitter or sequins, but certainly it could. You can also think about something shiny referring to any metallic touches, chrome touches, gold touches, or even a mirror. So make sure you ask yourself, is there something shiny and reflective in my space? Also, if you're trying to tick all the boxes and make sure that you have a completely finished room, the next thing I would ask you is do you have something alive in your space? Whether it's a bowl of oranges, whether it is a growing plant or a pet or even just some cut flowers in a vase. Having some elements of nature, something natural, something living in your space will bring it to a whole nother level. So those are just a few things you can think about. And of course, you could layer, right? So once you've got all the basics, once you've got those things I just spoke about, ask yourself, where could I add an additional texture? Where could I bring a sumptuous nubby throw blanket into the mix? How could I add a textured woven basket and then put in some crushed velvet throw pillows? So adding textures, adding layers of sensory experiences, even maybe thinking um, in terms of smells. So how could I add a layer to this room that appeals to more than just the visual sense, but adding an amazing essential oil that could either be inspiring like peppermint or be soothing like lavender. I myself have a diffuser that I got on Amazon for 25 bucks. I think that was last Christmas even. And whenever I'm feeling like I need to relax or I need to be inspired to start working on a new project, I just put some water in there. I just pop in three drops of my essential oil and I am good to go. So Maria, I hope that has inspired you to make your space feel totally complete. And I guarantee you, if you bring in any of the touches we spoke about, you will start getting those wows from your friends and family when they stop by. All right, let's get to my next question. My next question this week came from Rebecca. Rebecca wrote me, Betsy, I am lost when it comes to choosing paint colors. How do I even begin to narrow it down or test? Well, Rebecca, it is not as daunting as it may seem. The first thing that you need to do is decide what type of paint you're going to be using, what brand. And my preference and most designers, contractors, preferences are Benjamin Moore brands. So we only look at their line. The reason is because you can find it almost anywhere. So Benjamin Moore is readily available not only throughout the United States, but also internationally. The other thing I love about Benjamin Moore is that the quality is very good. The price points are super approachable. And what else do I love about Benjamin Moore? Well, I also love that any design magazine that I pick up, any blog that I'm reading is more than likely using Benjamin Moore as well. So if I want to test a new color I haven't used before, if I'm looking at paint trends, well, I'm going to get more data, more feedback if I'm looking at Benjamin Moore than if I'm looking at one of the lesser known brands. So that's the first thing you have to think about. Now that you've narrowed it down to Benjamin Moore, I want you to walk into the paint store and immediately eliminate 90% of the options. 90% of the paints at Benjamin Moore are going to be not right for your space. Let's just put it nicely. They're going to be loud or they're going to be overly colorful or they're not going to feel sophisticated. So we want to zone in on this particular section called the historical color section. These historical colors are historic, meaning that they are often inspired by colors that were 
found years ago, be it on old barns or colonial homes. But these collars have truly stood the test of time. They don't feel trendy. They still feel quite saturated and colorful, but they just have a more universal, sophisticated appeal. So I tend to stay in that lane of the historical colors. And from there, I'll select a green or from there, I'll select a blue. So when you're thinking about sampling, you can easily, another perk of Benjamin Moore, get small sample pots of these colors. So they will mix for you for around $7, a small little pint of any color that you choose. And then you can test it. Now the key with testing paint is to make sure that you start on a white wall. Because if you paint on a wall that's blue or even off-white, it's not so much the color underneath that comes through because nowadays paints are really thick and oftentimes have primers built in. So it's not that that's going to occur. It's more that the context of what's around the paint swath is going to inform what you see. In other words, when I, many years ago, was it eight years ago, I was trying to shortcut things. I knew the rule to paint a big swath of white first on the wall and then put my 12 by 12 samples on top of that once it's dry. I knew the rule, but I wanted to shortcut. So I moved into a studio apartment in Manhattan that was electric mint green. Imagine mint and then plug it in and I don't even know how somebody lived in a studio apartment that was this fluorescent. But I, of course, did not want that color to remain, so I decided to go for a robin's egg blue. I wanted something really soothing, pretty much the polar opposite of electric mint green. So I just painted my swatches for the robin's egg blue right on top of this green color. And with each sample I put up, I was convinced that I was putting up a purple paint because on top of that green, when it was around the green in context, it looked lavender. And yet I'd refer to the pot. I referred to the label that Benjamin Moore had printed out for me. It was a blue, but because of the color surrounding it, I could only see purple until I had already done the entire wall in the hue. And by that time, it was too late, and I realized that robin's egg blue was actually a little bit too dark for me, but it really was too late to turn back. And as I said, I was into shortcuts, so I painted my entire apartment that robin's egg blue, even though it felt a little dark. And for the entire six years that I lived there, I was like, hmm, I wish I would have gone with a lighter shade. So learn from my mistakes. Get a white primer. You can get a very cheap half gallon or even pint. Paint a very thin layer on the wall in a big swath so that way all your samples fit nicely on there. And a way that I keep my samples straight, because a lot of my clients are worried that they're going to confuse the colors and not remember which was which, is I paint them in alphabetical order. So I don't have to use post-its or anything like that. I just put my samples in alphabetical order from top to bottom and I'm set. Now, one other word of caution I want to share with you, Rebecca, is just not to go paint crazy. So I try and stick to around three samples. I pick the one sample that I'm pretty confident I'm going to go with based on the swatch on my paint fan. And then I do something one shade lighter, and then I do something one shade darker. If you feel drawn to do four, then you could do something that feels completely different. It's not lighter, it's not darker, it's just different. And those could be the ones that you try. But sometimes people go what I call paint crazy, and they buy tons of samples, they get every cardboard swatch from the paint store, and it can be dizzying, and you can really lose perspective. So stick to three samples, maybe four, if you're feeling crazy. 
So before we continue to our next segment, let's cut for a commercial break. Then I have even more questions. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. Let's go to my next question, which came from Carl. Uh, Carl is sharing with me, Betsy, I cannot afford a bathroom renovation right now, but I do want to add decorative touches. Do you have any ideas? Well, Carl, I certainly do. So of course you can add a shower curtain and that is going to really take up a lot of visual real estate in your bathroom, really draw the eye and can be a nice way to make a bold choice that will cover up a lot of bad tile in the shower surround. You could also add bath mats, add wall art. But something that is really fun and maybe a little bit less expected is that you can also add tile tattoos. So if you Google tile tattoos, there are a lot more options than there used to be. And they're basically these stick-on contact paper type um, decals, if you will, that come in all different shapes and sizes and typically fit over square bathroom tiles. So you can find some that are good for subway tiles, but the ones I've used most are square bathroom tiles, but I've also used them for square kitchen tiles. But you can trim them to size and they come in all sorts of patterns, all sorts of colors. And I like to try and create a pattern out of the tiles. So rather than doing every tile with a tattoo, I'll alternate to create a board order or I'll do some kind of pattern of four like a diamond and then repeat it again later because so many of my clients who rent not only have those 80s-tastic square tiles, but the other thing that they have is they have damaged tiles where somebody might have screwed in or drilled in a screw to hold a toothbrush cup holder or to hold a soap holder, right? And so they no longer want that. They've taken that out of the wall. Maybe they've taken out an old towel bar and now they're left with a scarred tile that has a big hole in the center. So the exciting thing about this, instead of doing that renovation, Carl, is you just pop on a tile tattoo and no one is the wiser. So I have time for one more question today. I'm going to go back into the mailbag and I am going to check out this question from Marissa. Marissa wrote me, Betsy, I bought all my furniture and added some decorative touches, but the room just doesn't feel pulled together. How can I get it to look more polished? 
So that is a great question. It's very similar to Maria's question earlier today. But in terms of polish, you know, with Maria, we were thinking wow factor. With you, we're thinking it doesn't, it's not quite ready for wow factor. Something doesn't feel right. So when I'm thinking about helping a room feel more polished, some questions I have for you are, is the artwork hung too high? Sometimes when it's not in relationship to the furniture, and by in relationship, I mean between four and 12 inches above a piece of furniture, when it's higher than 12 inches, it can feel like it's floating. It can feel arbitrary and random. It can feel like it doesn't have a context, right? So think about your artwork and make sure that it's in line with your furniture. Also make sure that it's at eye level. So if it's not above a piece of furniture, make sure that from the floor to the center of the piece, it's 60 inches. That will help things feel more complete, more professional. Something else you can think about are adding... um, throw pillows. So maybe you've thought about that, but maybe you have too many throw pillows. Maybe it's looking chaotic and cluttered. Maybe that's what's not kind of lending itself towards polish. So with your throw pillows, I do not recommend polyfill inserts. They kind of bounce around like big unsophisticated marshmallows. Instead, I would rather that you get feather down inserts that can help a pillow to mold to where you put it. You can sculpt it with your hand with the old central karate chop, or you can mush it and place it more strategically, and it will stay put, unlike those polyfill floaters. So check and make sure you have feather down inserts. Make sure you don't have more than four pillows on your sofa, because that can look... um, unprofessional as well. It can look like you just kind of went crazy with throw pillows and that doesn't always feel polished. So before you add accents, before you think about curating special touches, finishing off that coffee table with something, I want to make sure you don't already have too much clutter, which is making the space feel less than chic. So use a editing eye and look around your space and say, what can go? What is extraneous? What doesn't really need to be here? What is not promoting the look I'm going for? And, um, And by then, you'll have weeded enough out that you'll have room for some fresh new things. So I hope that helped, Marissa. Guys, it has been such a pleasure as always. I love your questions, so please keep them coming to Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. And I will catch you next week. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today.
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.